Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Huntington, and in this episode, I am going to catch up with Christy again. This is the October update for the 2X Accelerator, and I can't believe we've done so many updates. Christy, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I am you know, several weeks over a cold, but I heard you're still a little sick, so I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I was several weeks behind you, but... Yep, I'm breathing now, so I'm feeling good. And yeah, it was a nasty little bug that is yeah. is probably going all around. And it's not COVID. It's not the little bug called COVID. Not COVID. Mm-hmm. So if people haven't caught up on anything, they should go check some of the other episodes after they listen mm-hmm. to this one. But we're just going to jump right into it today. So tell us the traffic and earnings for October and give us sort of a an idea how the month went. Sure. October was pretty good. Um, I ended up at 6300 for income and 117000 for traffic, which is a smidgen up from last month. So I'm pretty optimistic it'll at least be good heading into the holidays. Um, I think there was, you know, back in the summertime when I had a, a month that crossed 7000 I was like, <gasps> Because, you know, had it continued in that way, Christmas would have been bananas. Um, But compared to where I came from, which we'll probably talk about, this is still pretty bananas. So I'm very happy with where it ended up. And the sort of growth and, and consistency has been good. And of course, the goal of this was to double your earnings. And you added a, a new graph to the blog post. And maybe you could just tell us about that and why you decided to, to look at the earnings and the data in a little bit different way to decide if you were successful or not. Sure. Well, I think back probably two months ago, I had admitted that we had this big goal, but I hadn't really thought about how I was going to measure it, right? So it wasn't like, well, I hit it one time, you know, like I I made my number one time. Is that success? Or would I need to have doubled my income year over year 12 months to make it a success? You know, I just hadn't really thought about it. So this month um, I added to the blog update a chart that shows the percentage increase over last year for that same month. And so that way I was doing more than just saying, yes, did I double it or no, did I not? Because that just didn't seem that useful, right? Because it was still increased on the months that I did not double it, but I didn't really know how much. So I went through and did percentage increases and the lowest that I've had was 59% and that was January as an increase. And then since then, the average has actually been 77% increase on months that I haven't doubled. And I have doubled it five months. So my kind of yes or no buckets just got a little bit more granular. And I found that really helpful to be like, well, you know, going up 80% is not a failure, (laughs) you know? So that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. And I think, you know, well, it's interesting with data because you can make it show almost whatever you want, depending on how you're slicing Mm -hmm. and dicing it, which sounds silly, right? It's data. You shouldn't be able to manipulate it. But let me throw out another way that you could kind of look at it too. So you're looking at 
month by month and if it doubled, mm -hmm. but you could also could just take the cumulative January to October of 2020 and True. add that up and then look at the cumulative for 2021 and then compare those. And if it's doubled or not, which I have a hunch based on, I know how much it earned last year and mm -hmm. the growth in, in general. So there's a good chance it probably went up by way more than double of That's 2020. A good point. So have you I looked at that? numbers after this call. <laughs> okay. So again, you can kind of make data, like state whatever narrative you're trying to give it. So, and if we looked at it in a different way, we would show that, you know, maybe you're not even close to doubling it, right? Mm -hmm. Which I, I think you've done a good job. So I stated that question, like, are you successful yep. or not? And this whole thing is successful, like overall, mm -hmm. but that's one problem with goals and why I don't right. set goals I have to be very careful about how I set goals because it's binary. It can right. be binary if you state it in a certain way and then you could do something wonderful and great and really accomplish things and then feel like you failed. So right. it, hopefully you're not in any state like that. So I am not any longer now that I have some other numbers where I'm just like, you know what? This is still pretty good. I mean, when I look at it, the highest month that I had ever was 4,900 last December. And every month except one has been above that this year. And in December of last year, it was like, oh my gosh, Doug, I almost hit five. Right? So every single month is yep. way above that. So let's move on to one of the big projects that you've been working on. And that is your courses. So mm -hmm. I hit you pretty hard with some constructive criticism and suggestions over the last couple months. So what's going on with your courses? Yep. So we ended up doing outreach to some of the folks that we've worked with in the past and asked them if they would like to beta test our first course. We did that last month. Um, asked if they wanted to beta test it, go through the whole thing, basically buy it at 50% of the cost in order to give us a testimonial that we can then put on the sales page, things like that. Um, so we did that. We've got three people um, that have been beta testers. We've already gotten the feedback from two of them. That was great. And so we now have testimonials that we can add um, to the sales page and checkout page and um, to also like our drip email string that's going to start on the 20th of November. So that's been going well. And then we also put together an affiliate program, kind of like a one-cheater for that. So we're going to be doing outreach to probably, I don't know, 30, 40 people that we've worked with and see if they'd like to be affiliates for it. And I also put together a ton of social graphics for different channels that would just make it easy for those folks to be sharing and spreading the word. So doing our best to make sure that it's really easy um, for people to get involved. And that's where we are. So launch in November, and then we're doing two weeks at a discounted launch special. And then our plan is to do basically a quarterly special that is around kind of related faux holidays to our course topic. And that's where we're going to start. Okay. And... Will the course be available at all times, just not discounted? Is that the idea? Correct. That is the idea. Um, we're not going to promote it all the time. 
So basically those quarterly specials will be when we do the heavy promotion for it. But I just feel like it doesn't really hurt me to have it sitting there all the time. So that's where we're going to start and we'll see how it goes. Cool. And then you mentioned um, the the beta. How'd that go? How many students got in there? Did you get good mm-hmm. feedback and testimonials? So we had three people be beta testers and we created like a Google form basically to get their feedback afterwards, ask them a you know, group of questions. And then we got great quotes, which was lovely. And so now like we have those on all the sales pages, checkout page and worked into our emails. So that was great. Okay. Did you get any constructive feedback that was helpful from any of the beta users or only positive feedback? Um, I think what I found constructive was the folks that declined to participate because they didn't want to spend money on it, uh, which I think is partly because the types of folks that we have relationships with are more advanced in our niche and probably didn't feel like they needed that particular content. So that's something, but it did convince us let's do a launch special at a lower price just to see how that goes. Um, So that's kind of where we got that idea from. Do you think those people would be open to just reviewing it and giving you a testimonial if they got it for free? Oh yeah. I'm sure they would have. Okay. And those are like influencer types that have audiences, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So do you Mm -hmm. have any plans to do that or are you just going to? I don't because I feel like we've gotten enough for the amount of pages we have, you know, like how many testimonials can I put on a sales page? So yeah, I kind of feel like we got what we needed and I would rather put that effort into getting those people to be affiliates at this point. Well, my thought is they would be more effective affiliates if they had a testimonial and they would have from a psychological and Mm -hmm. maybe persuasion kind of uh, like buy-in with your company and everything that, uh, yeah, if their testimonial was on there, they maybe would push it a little harder or their specific referrals would convert. That's all speculation. No Yeah. No, that's true. I guess where I just run into is we had our beta testers pay half price. And so it doesn't really feel right to then be like, kidding, you can all have it for free. Those people that paid for it, eh, yeah, you know. We could give them their money back too, if you wanted yeah. to, which I was going to say. So if someone bought the course when it wasn't discounted, and then they saw it went on sale like the next week and they emailed you, what mm-hmm. would you do? What would you do then? Probably give it to them. Yeah. That's what I would do too. It yeah. doesn't happen too often, but it's funny yeah. how like an online world, like people might say, yeah. Hey, when, or, you know, want that back or maybe it's 30 days, you know, there's stores that will honor uh, price yeah. changes or whatever. So but it seems I fair. think, yeah, I think because we won't be heavily promoting it between the quarterly specials it's less likely that we'll run into that but yeah i guess i'm not i'm not completely stingy about that yeah that's an easy one just yeah give them the refund on that sure great hope you enjoy it (laughs) yeah 
So you mentioned yeah. um, putting together a lot of social graphics mm-hmm. and such. What do you use to do your graphics? Mm-hmm. I use Canva, which I love, love, love. I'm in it every day for work and for my site. Um, yeah, I just think it makes everything so easy. <laughs> Yep. I can save all the brand assets, like, you know, all the colors are there, all the fonts are there, templates, you know, it's just, I love it so much. It's probably my favorite software tool. Cool. Yeah. I just upgraded to the pro version. Oh, I, yeah. I've been a pro before, but then I wasn't using it as much. And then, yep. yeah, I just upgraded again. And I mean, again, I'm in there almost daily. If I'm working, I'm usually yeah, in, I'm in there for a every day or two. So yeah, it's definitely a good, a good investment and it makes things, you know, pretty easy right. once you have a template set up and all that. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to spend hours making social graphics. It's just not a good use of time. So yeah. faster, the better. Anything else with the the course or the digital products or anything like that? Yeah. So the second course that we have in the works, I was supposed to actually do some filming for, um, in October and the gal that I was going to be filming had a sick kid and, you know, so it just is a little bit like, I feel like anytime I have tried to have an expert assist with a course to make the content better, it hasn't necessarily worked out, (laughs) you know, like I can't stay on the schedule. It's months behind. Um, so that's just a little frustrating. Like I understand it, but on the flip side, I did my part of the barter on time. It's done. You know what I mean? So, right, right, right. So do you have plans to like re reshoot or, Yep. So in a couple of weeks, we're scheduled again. Um, And that'll be my first time doing video at all for anything related to my site. So I bought like a wireless Bluetooth microphone for an iPhone thing. I tested that out. It works pretty well. Um, So that's what I plan on using. And then I'm just literally going to use my phone. So they're pretty good. And what uh, iPhone do you have? Like an iPhone SE, okay. the new one. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Oh, it's a pretty it's new crazy. one. Okay. Yeah, cool. Mine's yep. mine's getting pretty old, but they do. I mean, they do a really good job. Good. Yeah. yeah. So that's the plan. If it goes well, and you know, maybe I won't be so scared of video anymore. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it would be nice in the future to add some of our own videos to this first course, but just because of the breadth of what we covered, that just wasn't an option for launching it. Okay. This episode is brought to you in part by Otis. That's O-D-Y-S. And they're the source for age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. I am recording this spot in the morning. So my voice sounds like I smoke cigars all night, which I I didn't. I had like one beer. Today, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about a website called Hippenings. Hippenings Hippenings.com. And it was dedicated to things related to celebrations. So it recommends gifts and favors and decoration tips and has uh, different, you know, big events like weddings and births and birthdays and probably retirements and other things like that. It was founded, 
created in 2014, so it's seven years old. Domain rating has uh, sort of dropped a little bit. It's at nine, but it has a domain authority of 26, and that's something I've seen uh, pretty consistently. Sometimes the domain authority will remain higher, and the domain rating is a little bit lower. So this domain would be perfect if you have a gift site or you're interested in a gift site, something like that. There are 56 do follow referring domains and there are links from weddingsonline.ie, insider.com, dailyedge.ie, and several others. If you join Otis using my affiliate link, number one, I appreciate it a ton. Number two, you actually get $100 in your account or 100 euros, depending on you know what money you're using. I, I got the US dollars over on my side. Anyway, check out Otis, their sponsor of the podcast. And let's get back to the interview. Anything with the digital guides, which several people ask, those are just uh, essentially ebooks that are well formatted. Mm -hmm. So we're calling them digital guides instead of ebooks since it's as digital in the name. (laughs) So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've seen less sales of them. And I think the reason for that is because I built that custom ad inserter for the site and I had had that on the knowledge directory promoting that. And so since I put in those ads, I had stripped out the manual ads for the digital guides that I had in posts related to those topics because I couldn't have 90 custom ads in a post. Um, and I think that has just decreased the number of guides that I've been able to sell. So, um, last night I actually popped in and changed that custom ad site wide to be one of the guides just to test out and see if that actually makes a difference. So since the knowledge directory isn't really making me any money, it was kind of like, well, why am I wasting that real estate promoting it? So Good point. Good to try going back to guides. And with the knowledge directory, which is just a list of other courses mm-hmm. in the space that you're an affiliate yep. for. So with the knowledge directory, how is that going? I know last time maybe you were going to put someone on it mm-hmm. to start selling, selling it more yep. effectively. So we decided, so I did chat with her and we decided we'd rather focus on our own course since it's launching this quarter, put all of our time and effort into that. And then between those quarterly promotions for the course of our own, we could then go back and look at um, basically spending more time promoting the knowledge directory stuff if we want to. So not doing it right now. Um, Again, like the content's good. I like it. I haven't obviously cracked the code on how to get people to it or get them to convert but it's also not costing me any money to sit there. So I'm just kind of leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said, you were trying to market it with the ads all over the site, but if you can sell your own stuff, even if you Mm -hmm. sell the same number, you're probably earning more money selling your own products versus other people's. Okay, cool. And then I guess thinking back, and I probably asked you a version of this before, Would you have done anything different when you were designing the directory or, you know, 
anything because it, it was uh, sort know. of a longer process. I guess my answer is still not really. I think the only difference I would have made is maybe doing less courses and focusing more on them. So instead of doing 60 courses, which we ended up listing, um, I probably would have done 20, right? And then spent more time talking about those, driving traffic there, seeing if that worked. Um, the way that we did it, it just made more sense for us to reach out to everybody at the same time, you know, outreach wise. I think I just didn't expect everyone to say yes and have affiliate programs. That was the other part, right? So we had like this outreach list of probably 75 courses that we were like, I don't know, like, let's see. And I thought maybe 10 people would do it. And then we ended up with 60 and then that's just where we are. So I guess I just didn't expect there to be a response on, you know, the course creators wanting us to do it. And then it kind of just blew up from there. I see. And you're, there's, I'm working on something that is not this sort of uh, kind of marketing at all, mm -hmm. but it's making me think, oh, I need to test this before I just mm -hmm. like do the whole thing and complete it and then figure right. out if it works. I need to test it. So I just didn't think that many people would say yes. Right. Well, the other thing is like, I wonder if you'd be able to, like if you only picked one of the courses and just marketed mm -hmm. one course, Right. I'm thinking of decision fatigue. Someone's like, oh, there's some other things here. I'm going to go follow the link. And then they get there and there's 60 different right. options plus whatever you're selling too. Yep. So they just, they're like, oh, I don't have time to look at this right now. But if it was one, one course. Yeah. And the other thing that I don't know how we would have anticipated is that we're doing a pretty good job sending traffic to people's courses. Like when I go into our affiliate tracker dashboards for all the courses, like we're sending a good amount of traffic, like hundreds of visits, you know, and if those don't convert, there's literally nothing that I can do about that. Right. So I feel like it's working in the sense of we are getting traffic to the knowledge directory. We're getting that traffic to click through but if they don't buy, like, there's nothing I can do about someone else's sales page, you know? Right. No, that, I mean, no. it's a thing that I go through with Niche Site Project or this podcast mm -hmm. or YouTube all the time because people or companies, they want you to promote yeah. the stuff. And I can't control, like, I mean, I know what kind of traffic I might refer, yeah. but I can't control if it's like the right offer, mm -hmm. which some people, they they don't care what kind of traffic they just think right. more eyes is better but when it comes down to it i can't control the sales right. page their conversion process what they're testing other offers like there's all these mm -hmm. things that are out of my hands and when when you first start like you said you mm -hmm. realized oh there's a lot of people i could reach out to a few dozen and you, then you do and they're all like sure Sure. <laughs> so next thing you know, and when yeah. I first started, I was like, oh, great. I'll promote this keyword research product yep. and another one. And some random person emails me about a tool they're building. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, yep. tr I'll try to push it. And then I realized like, I'm just better off promoting my own stuff, number one, yeah. or just 
if they want to put ads and we have like some ad relationship, that's much better for me just in general. It's guaranteed, right? right? Like if I have the leverage. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I guess I was a little surprised that there weren't more conversions given the amount of traffic that we get to click through because we have the prices listed on our site, right? Like there's no surprise sticker shock going to a course page. Like if it's $497, like, you know that when you click the button that says $497, like, you know that. So I do still feel like we did a good job of trying to prep people Hmm. to buy. Otherwise, why are you clicking? But again, yeah, it's just not that last mile is not something that I have control over. So very interesting. Yeah. And I I wonder if if it's something on the sales page that's like really turning them off or if they're just browsing or it's, it's very interesting. And I'm trying to think of, you know, my shopping habits and what I might do online, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. Well, and it's, yeah, it's just something where I guess it's made me a little less optimistic about selling my own course for no particular reason than just, I don't know. Maybe even if I get a bunch of traffic to go to it, people won't convert. I have no idea. So we'll just have to see. I put in the update too. Like our email list is now over 3,700, I think, which is pretty good, I think, for three years. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be kind of our primary sales vehicle. And I'm curious to see, you know, if our audience is up for buying instead of just getting information. Yeah. And one, one sort of side thought, which you could test out or think about if you want to do this, you have those affiliate relationships with Mm -hmm. 60 some odd folks and you could just check in and, and say like, Oh, it looks like I sent X number of visitors over there. I'm curious what your conversion rate is for other referrals. Is there something I can do? And I mean, from a, I mean, you want to sell their stuff. Right, I do. Mm -hmm. That's data that they maybe would provide, or at least they have the opportunity to tell you, well, I can't tell you everything, but it's kind of this range. So, Well, or like I'm sending this number, it doesn't look like it's converting. Do you want to give us a promo code or something to use and try that? you know? Sure. Yeah. So, And that way, well, number one, you potentially can like sell mm-hmm. more of their stuff, but it does give you really good information about their conversion rates. They may even mm-hmm. tell you, right. What their conversion rate is when yeah. they, like when they're selling it versus yeah. any of their affiliates. And yeah, they, they could have the option to mm-hmm. tell you or just say, no, nah, I don't share that information, which is fair. Right. Which is fine, but at least I'll get credit for saying, "Hey, we sent two hundred people to your page." Because <laughs> they may not, they may not have any idea. They may not track it. Yeah, who knows? And you mentioned the site's about three years old. So, mm-hmm. do you remember when you first registered the you domain? Had a birthday? Yeah, uh, yeah. I started it right around my birthday, which is on the second of October. Happy birthday That's to you both! Have. Thanks. So yes, I gave myself a website for my birthday. It's worked out pretty well, gotta say. Pretty good present. So yeah, no, hit three years, uh, which is crazy. And yeah, I think this is the other milestone I'm hoping to hit in November 
we should hit 2 million in traffic for the lifetime of the site, which would be pretty cool. So, yeah. That is pretty awesome. And will you have to extrapolate some of the data from the analytics glitch from May? I won't talk about it. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> I was going to say. Took years off my life. I, I know. It's so stressful, the, all the data. So stressful, Doug. Jeez. <laughs> I think I still have PTSD from it. It's terrible. Okay. But yes, it's probably already over that. But We have um, just a couple weeks um, until the retail season really hits. Are you doing anything special? I know you've been planning on a uh, content sprint and all that stuff. Yep. So kind of update us what you're looking at for the retail season. Yep. So I'm in the middle of a 25 article holiday sprint. I'm calling it. Um, these are all keyword driven posts for buyers intent type content um, that I have picked out of my bigger list of all the topics I could possibly do. I've picked these because I think that I can rank much faster for them. Um, so they may not be super high traffic stuff. This is more like KGR type terms. Um, but you never also know which one's going to catch on because like some of my biggest posts, I wouldn't have thought that that was going to be a thing at all. So I'm hopeful that one of these 25 will end up being kind of the you know, the surprise Christmas surprise. Um, but yeah, so I've got 25 of those. We've probably got, um, half of them or more on the site or in my inbox waiting to be added. And then we'll finish up the last couple, um, in the next two weeks. So that's been going pretty well. I would just say like, I'm really happy that I put so much time and effort into finding good writers in the very beginning. So the writer that I'm using for most of the content that I don't do myself on this sprint, I've been using since the beginning. So it's really nice. It just makes everything easy. Like I know how to work with her. It's simple. Like it's just great. So if you could find some good writers and hang on to them, it's totally worth it. That's awesome. And have you seen your site um, be able to rank a post really quickly now that, you know, there's a lot of uh, mm -hmm. topical authority and relevancy mm -hmm. and then these are really low competition. So how long does it yeah. take to actually rank? So normally I don't go and check every post or anything like that, but I have done some like just spot checks on things that I was curious about. And within, you know, a couple of days I can have a new post ranking, which is pretty cool. Um, I think part of that is probably all the manual outreach and link building that we've done over the past couple of years, which does take time, but it also goes very well. Like I've just been kind of surprised. Like we get a good response. I think it's, you know, because we're not just blanket, you know, spam emails to thousands of people. Like we're not doing that. It's individual outreach on social media or email or things like that. And that's been going well. Um, in the last update, I think I mentioned like a national brand had reached out to us about doing some stuff together, which is great. Like I'm happy to review stuff in exchange for product that I'll actually use. Great. Um, and that actually turned into a side gig writing copy for them, which was really fun. And then uh, they just gave us a backlink from their blog to one of our outreach efforts. So I was just kind of like, ah, 
It's all coming together. So, yes, I think it does help. I think the site has pretty good authority, generally speaking. Like, people that we reach out to have often heard of it already, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so far, so good. Okay, couple quick follow-ups. You said just a couple days for a new post to rank. How high are you talking? So where might you see it end up in the first? Oh, yeah. You know, I would only week? care if it's like on page one. So Okay. So top 10. If it's like, yeah. Okay. Yep. So just a couple days, top 10, and then potentially it would move up as it ages a mm-hmm. little bit. Yep. And Got I know it. there's that like period of time where it may rank higher and then Google kind of sifts through you know, I don't expect it to stay exactly where it is, but um, it does kind of show that the SEO that I'm doing is working and I do feel pretty confident about that. Um, so that's been helpful. Like I know that the 25 posts that I picked for the holidays are good ones. And yeah, anytime I can get any traffic for a gift related keyword, like I'm all about that in November, December. So perfect. And then the second follow up question, which we don't want to go on too long, but you mentioned the outreach that you're doing and the link building and people can go and, and look at some of the other posts and updates through every single month this year. But just in a nutshell, what are you doing? So you said it's kind of surgical. You're reaching out mm-hmm. to specific yep. people. So what else? What what are you actually trying to get links to and what's the strategy? Yep. So for the most part, currently, we're focused on our diversity program outreach which is spotlighting folks in our niche from diverse backgrounds, um, diverse experiences. And those folks were offering that we'd love to share their voice. So we have them do a specific type of post if they want to. And then ideally link back to that from, you know, their social media, their websites, things like that. And then also anytime that someone reaches out to us about doing a guest post, which happens you know, probably weekly. Uh, we don't respond to most of them because most of them are trash. <laughs> um, but there are some nuggets in there that are real places and real people that have good experience. And so when we say yes to someone, we do that with the understanding that they'll do what we call a blog teaser and link back to us um, on their own website. So that's just kind of a given. Like if you want to be guest posting for us, that's a requirement. And I think that's been a smart thing to do. Okay. And the blog teaser is they just say, Hey, I did a guest post over here or whatever. And yeah, then a couple of paragraphs, kick it over. Okay. Yep. Very good. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. And you kind of mentioned with a diversity program, mm-hmm. they publish something or do some yep. piece of content or whatever. And then you just ask them, Hey, can you link to it from social or whatever mm-hmm. your outlet is? And if they want to, they can't, which I mean, they're trying to get a yep. spotlight on whatever the thing is. So why would they and not we always, share? Yeah. So one thing we do with any kind of guest post, whether it's for that program or not, I always create the core social graphics for sharing and I send that to them when their post is done. So I don't even rely on them to have to go create a post. I make it for them and we attach it and we say, please use these. That would be great. Okay. <laughs> so we really do try to make it easy. Got it. That's perfect. Well, very good. Anything else before we finish up this update? I don't think so. I just feel like overall things have kind of evened out after the tumultuous summer that we will not speak of. 
Um, so now we're back into like a good steady place, knock on wood. And I think even if, you know, the holidays doesn't proportionally blow it out of the water based on what we saw in, you know, June, um, compared to last year, like it's still a huge win every single month this, this year. So that's pretty cool. And on that note, I'll, I'll mention I was, I do my own bookkeeping and stuff for everything (laughs) just to keep an eye on it. And I was looking back at 2020, which was fine, right? Like you said, at Mm -hmm. the end of the year, you were really thrilled to hit Mm -hmm. 4,900 or really close to 5,000 in December. And, you know, 2021 has been fine, but I was, I was kind of looking back and I, I remembered that last year I went through sort of a stretch where I was working on infrastructure, Mm -hmm. other things, rebuilding. Essentially it was activities not associated with an ROI. Nonprofit generating. Yep. Nonprofit generating. That's the term. Profit declining. (laughs) It is things that have to be done. And then again, like when I looked at this year, I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm way ahead of where Mm -hmm. I was at this time last year for the particular buckets that I was looking at. So, you know, maybe in a year you'll see all these benefits and you'll be able to spend time, right? How many months did you burn on these nonprofit generating activities? Like two two and a half months. Well, and that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember on the expenses too, since I have gone over the 15,000 I plan to put into it. Um, like sometimes that just feels like a lot of money to throw away, but it's not thrown away. Like I put in 20 and got an extra 50, you know, like that's a very good deal. <laughs> I I would do that in a mutual fund. I would do that, you know, Anyway, I would walk up to someone on the street and be like, I'm going to hand you $20,000 and you hand me 70. Like, yep. yeah, I would do that. So yeah, it feels a little bit, you know, unnatural to put that much money into something of your own. But then again, like it's really grown quite a bit. So it is working. So I'm trying to feel a little less bad about going $5,000 over what I planned. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's not like a brick and mortar business where right. it's literally like costing money to keep it open and, and stuff right. like that. Like you're right. And then if you look at the actual valuation of the site, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a no brainer. Well, so. and a lot of that, you know, a lot of those funds were creating our first and only really other content sprint of the year from the spring. And that I think is clearly shown dividends on the amount of traffic and revenue that we've had for the rest of the year. So like, I have no regrets about doing an early sprint. Like I can't wait to do more sprints. I would do sprints every day, which I guess wouldn't be a sprint anymore, but like I would do that every day. Like I feel confident about the SEO and the list that we have of topics to do. And so, you know, for 2022, like probably in December, you and I will sit down and talk about what that should look like. But Um, at least there's a lot of levers that I know I can pull and get results. So it's just the benefit of having more historical data from a site that's three years old. Very good. We've done a good job and the updates are fantastic. So if people want to look at all the graphs and all the details and all the numbers, they're on the blog post, which will be linked in the show notes here. So thanks, Christy. And 
I hope you continue to get better and I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Doug. It's been amazing working with Christy so far this year. She is a super hard worker and she really enjoys this type of work. She, since the beginning, she's really done a good job just sort of following the instructions, like the the spirit of my instructions. Sometimes, you know, she does things a little bit differently. And I think you've probably heard that over the several months of updates where I would have launched courses different. I would have done things uh, very differently and potentially more sloppy just in general. One thing I, I am good at is launching things and then iterating fairly quickly. I am not as good at having very polished products out there. They're good enough. They, they do the job, but they, they don't look as beautiful as some of the other products out there. And, you know, you can have both, but it comes at a cost. So anyway, Christy is amazing at implementing things and, you know, taking what I advise and then putting her own spin on it. So it's a sustainable project for her. Now, I'm curious from you out there in the audience what you want me to ask Christy in the last couple updates that are going to be upon us before we know it. So shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. If you have specific questions, I would love to hear it. I'll, I'll give you a shout out on the show and let Christy answer those questions. The interesting thing is with a podcast format, it is rare for me to hear back from the audience. There's not an easy mechanism. People are often doing something else at the same time. And I have been in the same boat. I mean, I I am a avid podcast listener and there have been a few times where I would leave a voicemail for my favorite podcast or shoot them an email, maybe send uh, some message on Twitter or some some other DM. But it's pretty rare because I am doing other things at the same time. One thing that has been extremely noticeable is I hear often about case studies, specifically this one with Christy, because we get to hear the month over month updates and she is doing a lot of work, accomplishing things. Everything isn't a huge success. If you go back to you know, some of the tough times over the summer, there were analytics issues. There were technical problems. There were other things going on that really took her away and took her off of the projects that she needed to be working on. Now, one other thing with this whole 2X Accelerator is... I really pushed Christy into launching her own products and she's, you know, done portions of it, but overall it wasn't anywhere close to the results that I was hoping for. Now, again, I think you heard me mention it just a minute ago. I would have launched these courses in a different way, in a way that didn't put so much at risk and, a couple months ago, I went on a longer tangent about this, but if you develop a full course before you pre-sell it, you're essentially betting all the money and time that it costs to produce the course. You're betting all of that, that it's going to work. And you're putting yourself in a 
kind of a shitty position overall because then the course has to sell enough to pay for what you invested in developing it. And one of my friends recently, I encouraged him to pre-launch his course and pre-sell it before he developed it. So he had at least a handful of people that bought it. So he knew that they were interested. They paid him ahead of time before the thing is developed and they know they're going to have to wait a couple of weeks before they get started, but they're going to get it. And if he didn't sell any, then he wouldn't have developed it. So I think that is, you know, a piece that I didn't anticipate, you know, that Christy would want to develop the whole course. Actually, she's developing two entire courses before even selling the first one. So I have no idea what's going to happen. And, you know, looking back at the advice that I gave, I wonder if I gave, you know, improper advice. Was that the wrong thing to do? And the thing is, I didn't know how Christy was going to implement I'm not, you know, working with her on a day-to-day basis. We, uh, you know, meet when we need to. And usually it's just before or after one of these monthly updates. And she's running with a lot of things on her own. But, you know, I, well, I can go on and on about it. But if you are launching your own product, if you're launching your own course, digital or whatever, you should probably look and figure out how to pre-sell it so you don't put yourself in the same sort of risky situation. Now, that said, if Christy doesn't sell very many of these courses, it's a sunk cost, right? She has the course that she maybe can figure out how to market in the future, but overall it's a sunk cost. You can move on with your life, you could ignore it, and it's not uh, the worst thing in the world. But it hurts. And when you look at it and you're like, ah, well, that, that didn't work. Um, it will be amazing if she is able to, to do it, but she hired people to, um, develop certain things. She hired people to write portions of the course. And I believe she's been paying for one of the learning platforms. I think she's using teachable. So at that point, you know, there's a lot of sunk cost involved in it. So anyway, just some something to think about there and send me your questions, whatever you want me to ask Christy in the last couple months. And I will put a little teaser out there. We haven't mentioned it, but Christy is trying to figure out, you know, what she wants to do for next year. The case study has worked out great. And there's been sort of a theme all year long for this 2X accelerator. And Unfortunately, there has been some drama along the way with some of the issues throughout the year. However, it does make a far more entertaining case study than if everything always works out all the time. So if you have any ideas, I'd be interested in hearing those as well. Christy and I have been tossing around some ideas and I'll I'll probably largely leave it up to her. And also keep in mind, like i I did encourage her to develop her own courses and her own products, which is highly profitable if you can figure out how to to make it work. There's very little overhead. You don't have to work with other uh, affiliate programs or other networks or anything like that. So we have a couple ideas and I may be sort of shifting away from, you know, selling her own products. Not completely, but just partially. 
So anyway, I think I'll leave it at that. Got some awesome episodes coming up. What's the next? We got a mailbag episode coming up. I'll be talking about some KGR terms, homepage stuff, and a little about the sandbox. So we'll catch you on the next episode and have a great day out there.